Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense, Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Blog Talk Radio. Two men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard gain, one final score, which would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron grits. Welcome to Gridiron Grits Football History. That's my mobilia on the Gridiron Grits Publishing and Broadcasting Network. from the... South Fork, North Carolina, home of Gridiron Grits Magazine. <laughs> I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Grits Magazine, and I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Grits is the only publication in America that focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. We cover 150-plus years of football history and memorabilia. And you can find us on the web at gridirongreatsmagazine.com. It is at this time I'd like to introduce my co-host. He's a senior contributing writer to Good Iron Grits Magazine. A football memorabilia historian specializing in three World War II items, in particular Red Grange, and also Seattle Seahawk items, in particular Steve Larkin. He has from Portland, Oregon, Joe Squire. Joe, welcome to the show tonight. I love it. You're on cruise control, Bob. You're like from Wallingford, Connecticut, but you paused and you corrected yourself. boy, I love I it. <laughs> I, I caught myself. It was, it's been so uh, common for me to say that. Absolutely. And unfortunately, I gotta I gotta get used to the <laughs> the new the new way of life. It's a much different uh, way of life. I love it. Used to. I, just, I don't know if you heard. It. I just yeah. cracked. I, I just cracked up. You said, "Well, if you just stop," but I just I, I cracked up. I'm not sure if you heard me. <laughs> I did. Uh, hear you. It'll, it's a, and I'm glad. It's a I, habit. I'm glad it's, I caught myself. Yeah, yeah. It's a habit. It's a good. I mean, the mecca of uh, you know of football of you know, football collecting has been Wallingford for you know for years. And I've said it before. It's like you know 
you know, where, you know, like the president, whatever plane the president is on is called Air Force One. Uh, wherever Bob is, is the mecca of, you know, football collecting. So, I mean, it was Wallingford, well, you know, Connecticut for a long okay. time, but now we have a new home. I've been, I've been saying to Brenda, it'll be much better once we're actually in the house. Uh, I'm having uh, difficulty adjusting to condo living. Um, oh. You know, you go from a 3,000 square foot house to a, a condo rental with everything in storage. It's uh, it's it's uh, a, a whole different uh, whole different way of life, and I'm, I'm still having after today is day 29. We've been down here. I've been keeping a record, and uh, it's it's amazing, truly amazing. But uh, hopefully well, well, I, we'll be I in at some I point. I didn't know that. I I didn't know you weren't in yeah. yet. What's what's the deal? Yeah, there? we're we we're renting we're renting a condo while we're building the house in the same development that we're oh. building in. Uh, cause, Got and, it. Uh, we're, we're literally we're literally like a mile and a half from the house where the condos are, but uh, it's uh, it's an interesting experience for me. As I tell people, I lived in three houses in my life, and this is the first short-term uh, condo. You know, we we've rented condos on vacation and, and all that. You know, so we're used to it. Yeah, yeah. But we've never spent more than ten days in a condo, so <laughs> this is uh, going to be interesting. So, is what it all is. that memorabilia, Eddie. all of that stuff? How do you feel having all of that in storage? Do you go go check it out to make sure it's safe every once in a while? I um I we well we rented uh, from a very uh, dependable, highly recommended uh, uh, moving company using their storage area in an undisclosed location in North Carolina. <laughs> and uh, everything is there. I have, I do have a few boxes of stuff with me here in the condo. Yeah. And that's yeah, about yeah. it. So uh, it's, uh, it's like withdrawal we, for me. I said, yep. I said to Brenda, it's, uh, I'm so used to just walking into the, the uh, office man cave and just pulling out whatever I need. Now I'm, I have nothing, literally nothing I'm pulling yeah. out. You know, I've been... Uh, Got a few things, yeah. and that's about it. So it's tough. 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 Yeah, ditto. We, we moved four years ago, and the movers came to move stuff. I personally moved my football stuff. I had it boxed up and yeah. took it over, unpacked, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 you guys don't touch this stuff. I, I got it. You know? Yep. That's tough. I, but, uh, well, I, I boxed everything myself uh, with, uh, with a friend of mine back home. And we all had it all segregated in a certain area. So when the guys came to move, I told them uh, where to put it. And they they knew, uh, you know, from when they were going to move it, that had to be separated from everything else. So they did a very good job. I was pleased. So, uh, but I, I'll be glad when it's November, and hopefully we're going to be in uh, before the end of November, and I can get everything set up again, and we'll be back to normal. Okay. So all right. until that time. So that time, it's a much different, different ballgame. But I'm going to lead off tonight talking about, uh, before we get into the, the gist of what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, the shortage of new pack cards available for the general collecting public anywhere. And I'm going to recap two experiences I've had here locally. I, cannot, I can only describe one place where I bought cards. The other one I have to leave um, undisclosed. 
But uh, in the <laughs> local Walmart here in Southport, uh, at one of the aisles where they keep all the tobacco products, they do have a small card selection. And Brenda and I were waiting in line, and I, I just perchance looked up and I said, wow, there are cards there. So you're limited to one pack of cards. So I'm oh looking at what I bought. I'm looking at what I bought, Joe, a 30-card pack of 2021 Prestige football cards. And Prestige. The cards Have cost you heard of Prestige $7.98 for the pack plus sales tax. I was floored, floored when I saw the price and I saw them there. So I bought one pack, my allocation, and the cashier was nice. She said, you want your wife to buy one? And I said, no, because I said, I don't want to, you know, take it away from somebody who really wants to buy them. You know, let, let another kid ha- or whoever wants to buy them, let them, let them buy the pack, so on and so forth. And at a, another store, a local store, a local retailer, they had packs of 2020, uh, 20, I'm sorry, 2021 score football cards, 40 card pack, uh, 40 card pack, and they had a, a they had a limit of two packs for seven dollars each, plus the sales tax. Wow. So I'm looking at right now while we're doing the show, Joe, at three packs of 2021 cards. Now I I don't think I'm going to open them because they could be worth. What do you think? Five six hundred dollars on the room if I get them encapsulated. If I get them uh, her, uh, hermetically sealed and get them graded, I could probably pay the house off with what I got here. I'm, I'm shaking just, my I'm head more. because it's just I'm, even just the idea of you know two pack limit per person, eight dollars, nineteen dollars, whatever per pack, and it's just. You know, I I don't know. I just, I mean, we, you and I both have very fond memories of plunking down a quarter for me to buy a pack, you know, a nickel for you to nickel. buy a pack. You know, just, yeah. I said to Brenda when I got out of the store, and she said, well, she said, you should have let me, you know, buy the pack. I said, what is the point of this? This, this is utterly ridiculous. To spend a quarter, over a quarter of cards, just to get a brand new set of cards, and I get, obviously Prestige has more value than the score, since the score is less, uh, almost, no, the score is about 17, 18 cents a card. The Prestige is almost, um, well, it's over a quarter of a card, almost 30 cents a card. Can you believe well, that? I'll admit, Bob, I, you, you. You're the uh, you're the old man yelling get off my lawn when it comes to graded you know TPG stuff. I'm the old man yelling get off the lawn when it's like modern stuff. I've never heard of Prestige. I mean I I don't know is that the is that the new fangled you know chrome you know prism well, thing I or remember everything remember everything is Panini so they got all the old brands they bought up the old playoff Prestige cards they now own. Hmm. So whatever, whatever you know, uh, slick printing or whatever they have with that is obviously much different than the base score, which I would assume is more of a base card. 
but you know, to uh, again, I, 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 I'm just shocked by the by the whole thing. I'm totally shocked watching this, seeing this go on. And, and again, uh, we had mentioned before in our email, Target stopped selling sports cards on the shelf because yeah. of a a riot that took place at one of the stores when the new shipment came in, and mm-hmm. uh, the stores. Stores got wise to the flippers, as they're called, who wait in line, know when the next delivery is going to be, get there, they buy up everything, and then resell it to the local dealers. Which is and stunning to me. I, I really, I, I don't, I don't get any warm fuzzies for them doing that either. I don't think that's right, you know. And again, a, a young kid that. who think, legitimately, legitimately, yep. yeah, you legitimately just trying to collect cards. The kid can't even buy cards. Can't because so there's the you know five five grown men over there wrestling each other for the next pack. Think about that though. There are. Yeah. It was explained to me that it's like there are people who like you know they have a friend who works for Tops or Panini or something like that who's like hey I'm going to be at this Target you know on Wednesday at noon. Uh, so they sit outside. They wait for the Tops car. They follow them in, and as they're putting it on the shelf, they're grabbing it, putting it in their cart, and then they have somebody else outside. Yeah. You know, who follows them to the next store while the first person is paying for it, and then like, all right, meet me at this target. And then they follow the, you know, they they leapfrog. You know, the you know, person number two is in emptying the shelves, and then person number one is following them to the next place, and they're just they're buying it all mm-hmm. off. I mean, it's just that's a uh, kids, kids. I don't know about you, but I, I I I you know I don't know. I believe you know children are the future. If you teach them well and let them lead the way. You show them all the beauty they possess inside. You give them a, I don't know, I'm yep. putting a song off, so I was joking. I was joking, but no, I mean, kids. Our future of our hobby is kids collecting. Uh, and if yep. they can't get a hold of anything if, or if it gets priced out, I mean, you know, who's going to buy all my Largent cards? Yeah. 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 Who's going to so, buy Michael? Uh, <laughs> I mean, think about it. I don't know. Think about I don't it. know. It's tough. But, um, yeah, I, I heard that same on VFC about, you know, Target no longer selling, and it was because one person pulled a gun on another person, you know, to, uh, you know, to, you know, dissuade them from buying wax packs. I don't know. How many times have, how many times as a kid did you have uh, a gun pulled on you while trying to buy your nickel, you know, 65 Philly? Right. It's, exactly. it's disheartening. Exactly. I mean, it's, so, it's, so. it's ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. And, uh, well, you I, know, I, I and heard. Again, I, Fast forward, I mean, really really think about this. Fast forward 56 years later, I'm still buying cards. I went from a nickel to roughly, with the tax, $8.50 for a pack of cards. Can you believe yep. it? I, I mean, I, I have to, I'm just shocked by the whole thing. I'm shocked. I, I'm, I'm just so shocked. It's not even funny. It's crazy. Truly crazy. Yep, and... So and you you went from you up. went from one brand sixty five Philly sixty five tops you went you know you went from one to you know, or two I, excuse me two in that case you know up up and yeah, through sixty seven okay. and and then you know to how many different packs are there because I heard the same thing Target was no longer selling so I went on Target dot com and I I told you I bought some stuff too here's the problem. Yep. I didn't know what the hell I was supposed to buy because I don't buy modern stuff. I was just literally buying it uh, because I wanted to open one and to put one away. Uh, 
and uh, I ended up buying. There were, you know, two things available, just two. That was it. So I bought 2021. I had to write it down because it was so complicated. Panini <laughs> NFL Prism Draft Pick. So Prism? 2021 Panini okay. NFL Prism Draft Pick. <laughs> okay. I don't know what the hell's supposed to be in this. And it was a box. Uh, it was a box with 12 packs, and they limited you to two boxes. They were $119. So 12 packs divided by 119 it's about 10 bucks a pack. Free shipping. So I bought two boxes, and then I was like, I wonder if they do that by IP address per day. So I went on, and I tried to buy two more, and it allowed me to do it. So I bought four packs, four boxes of 2021 Panini NFL Prism draft picks. I'm going to open one and see what I got. Uh Wow. But I don't, I don't know. Am I, that, am I supposed to get excited? 119 a box. $119 a box. A box. I remember. I remember. I remember. Back in the late 80s, uh, you could go to a candy distributor, a wholesaler, back in Connecticut, and you could buy a 36 count. Uh, wax box of football cards for $10.80. Okay? Yep. $10.80. So that's basically, you got 36 packs for $10.80 total. Total. So I, 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 and I distinctly remember this. I walked in, the, the place was called Montano Brothers, no longer in existence. I remember buying 1987, 88, 89 Tops football wax boxes from them for Ten dollars and eighty cents a box, no limit. He would, um, you know, you could you could buy as many as much as you want. He would normally have like maybe one or two cases available, and most of the people that were going in who were candy store owners, uh, five and dime owners, so on and so forth, they would buy one or two boxes just to have have them in the store. Okay, and they would charge the fifty cents a pack. They would make the seven dollars on the box, and you know everything was fine with it, so on and so forth. So, um, so that's thirty cents. I did thirty cents a pack, and they marked it up to fifty cents a pack. Okay, so not so many people knew about him, and and he was he was more concerned selling the candy than anything else, the boxes of candy, so on and so forth. But think about that. I paid yeah. ten dollars and eighty cents a box for stuff <laughs> I should have just never opened and just put away, you know, until I knew thirty years from now that they'd be so rare, it wouldn't even be funny type of thing. Maybe it's the same difference now with you paying one nineteen a box twenty years from now. <laughs> what are they gonna be worth? Five, six hundred dollars a box? You know? Like, hey, we'll see. I mean who, make sense. who knows? Who knows? In twenty years am I gonna be kicking myself and get more? I mean, who knows? It's fascinating. Just like you said, it's just it's fascinating. Just uh you know, all the all it's I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I just I have such fond memories of just walking into that 7-Eleven on 21st and Broadway, and I live about 10 blocks from that that, that place now. That might you know where I used to walk down you know when I went to my grandma's house. Such fond memories of my dad giving my brother and I each a buck, walking down there. My brother would buy candy bar, and I'd buy four packs, and pop the gum in my mouth, walk back to my grandma's you know house, looking at my football cards. Uh, I don't know. And now, you know, you can't do that. I mean, you know, you give a kid five bucks to go get candy, which is a lot of money, and they can't even afford a pack. 
So it's weird. <laughs> well, I bought one other. I bought one other box. Other than the 2021 Panini NFL Prism draft pick, and I love saying that because it really rolls off the tongue, uh, <laughs> like like 1984 tops. Uh, you know, I also bought 2021 NFL Sage High Football Blaster Box. Okay, I hate to admit this, Bob. I don't know what a blaster box is, and I've never heard of Sage High Football. Uh, yeah. You get, got me on that one, too. I, I have not kept up. I can honestly say I have not kept up with all the new additions, brands, types of boxes, so on and so forth. And, again, we're pretty much from the same school. You had wax boxes, you had cello packs, and you had a jumbo mm-hmm. pack. Those were the three types of things you bought. And that's it. Simple. You know? But today it's uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So anyway, he's trying to tie all this in, which is why we brought it up. Fanatics is going to be the exclusive distributor of whatever type of card comes out when they take it over whenever it's going to be a year or two from now. And are they are they even going to make cards? That's what I'm wondering. Or, or is it done? You know, is it completely done? What are they going to do? How are they going to do it? Are they going to sell to the to the hobby shops that are remaining? Are they going to sell to retail stores? How are they going to market anything? No one knows. So it should be very interesting to see. And as I've told people numerous times, stopped, stopped printing in 2015. I stopped opening wax packs basically 2016, with the exception of a, a handful of packs I found here and there that I – I just bought for curiosity's sake. But i got to say this, Joe. I, I have the packs right in front of me here while we're doing the show. I have zero interest in opening them. And that's sad. That's really sad. Because in the old days, yeah. they would have been opened by now. You know, I would have got home and I would have just broke them. And that's it. Yep. Incredible. And I, 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 I mentioned to you at a previous show, I, I've been buying on open wax just it, it's it, it is nostalgic to me and i go down there and i uh the oldest one i have is 77 and i've got a couple 78 a couple 79 some 81 81 a bunch of 82 you know and then i i don't have any 86 and i stop at 88 um mm-hmm. and it's just it's cool it's cool i have a bbc yep. sealed uh you know because uh you know you know eight nine years ago when i was buying stuff i just realized how you know, and I like their new hologram, and they've got little hologram stickers, you know, they put on them, and they number them, and you can look on the website to verify. Um, so they, you know, the stuff I had before where somebody was shrink-wrapping and putting a sticker, you know, that they, they fixed that. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's so, it's like next to my desk at work, I have a, I have a coffee mug with striped football pencils. And, you know, you know once twice a month, I'll, I'll grab a couple pencils and just look at them while I'm on a boring Zoom call or something. It's, it's awesome. Even just down to the smell of of them reminds me of being a kid in fifth and sixth grade on a school bus. And same thing. I go down there and look at all this wax, and and uh, and I really enjoy it. it, it yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah it, it's 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 fun. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of enjoying yeah, that. I just. I, I, yeah. I mean, these packs have no no smell to them whatsoever. They have no. They're they're, they're totally nondescript. I mean, they are they are what they are, and that's a type of situation. 
And I'll throw this out. For anybody who was an advanced wrapper, football wrapper collector, card wrapper collector, and football display box collector, once 1989 hit, I always said to myself, I don't know how anybody's going to keep up trying to collect and keep their wax uh, pack wrapper collection going and display box collection going. It's impossible, truly impossible. And, I, and I'm, I'm pretty correct in what I, what I said, you know what I mean? Because how could you buy, how could you even find 40, 50, 60 different you know, packs that were issued in one year? Think about it, just finding them. And I always, I would always say, if I was at a show or whatever, and I would see, you know, an odd pack here or there. This was in the early '90s. I would always try to buy the pack, and I said, "Well, let me hold the pack for my collection." Blah blah blah. And then I said, "What am I doing? I mean, this is nuts. Trying to keep up with everything. It's crazy, truly crazy." So, anyways, um, I wanted to bring our audience a little up to speed on what's going on in the market for an open. And I hate to say this, my advice, if you're in Walmart and you just happen to be in that particular aisle where they have behind lock <laughs> and key with the security guard standing right at you, staring right at you, if you got that opportunity to buy that one pack of 2021 NFL football cards, we're both going to say buy it and put it away and see yeah. what happens down the road. So yeah. when we're doing this show I 10 years from now, Joe, when we're doing this show 10 years from now, Joe, I may tell people, now's the time to sell. And that $8 yeah. pack could be hey. worth $16. You never know. And, never and, know. You'll, and you'll go, hey, Joe, don't, didn't you buy a couple boxes of that 2021 <laughs> Panini NFL Prism draft pick? I had to flip my paper over there so have them, to, Joe. to read it. Because I, <laughs> are, they, are, they, are they paying for the kids' uh, college education now? What's uh, what you're going to get for them? Oh, my we word. Shall see. This is nuts. Shall see. This is nuts. It's, nuts. It's, yeah, yeah, it's practically gambling. Oh, well. Oh, well. Hey, we are gambling on other All right, so let's, what about that? Let's, let's move on, and um, I'm going to – get a little out of script here. I want to get right into what I really want to talk about tonight, and that is the beauty of real football memorabilia and cards, and that's the uncut football sheet. And before I hand it off to you, Joe, who is, and I, for anyone who does not know, our co-host Joe Squires has one of the largest uncut sheet collections in the country of uh, uncut football sheets. And I will say this, I will say this, over the years, and I'm going pre-1989, from time to time I would see at a show a football sheet. I never took a, a strong uh, liking to them. I was always fascinated with the way they looked, though. And I, was, I would examine them at a dealer's table, so on and so forth. The one thing I did buy and sell over the years was a bunch of eight-card and ten-card 1960 Fleer football strips that I found at a yep. show. I ended up buying probably, I want to say, at least 30 of them, 40 of them maybe over the years, and I sold them all over the years. And I always thought that was cool. It was neat to look at. They, were, they, were, they displayed nicely. For a while, I had them displayed in my uh, room. 
And then I just said, no, nah, this, this doesn't fit any part of my collection, so I, I sold them. But as far as I'm concerned, any uncut sheet, and I will stop at 1988 because I really believe once the explosion hit in 1989, we have never been the same for the past 32 years in football cards from 1989 to our current year and the hysteria of buying a $8 30-card pack of football cards. So, Joe, I'm handing off to you, and I got a couple questions that I'm going to throw out at you. And the first question I'm going to ask you about your uncut sheet collection: what what are you what do you look for in the uncut sheet when you buy it? As far as uh, obviously condition has to play a strong role in it, but what else are you looking for there when you're picking up a sheet? That's a very interesting question. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. Um, huh? Uh, rarity, scarcity. I mean, uh, you know, way easier to find a 1988 uh, uncut sheet uh, than it is to find a, you know, 1957 tops. Uh, and as you mentioned, it's such a it's such a snapshot in the history of it. I mean, how much have we learned about, you know, you know, rare, you know, condition sensitive cards <laughs> because of their placement on a sheet? It's fascinating. Or even uh, just what I was posting the other day about the 69 tops because you know, I bought a 69 top sheet, and they, they inverse every other road just so that, you know, the, the heads, you know, the players' heads are facing each other. And somebody commented, it's like, that, that's interesting. They inversed it, and it was, you know, we determined it was for color because there was one other sheet, and I think it was 71 tops where they had one row that they did it, and it was color matched to the previous row. So, I mean, they're thinking about where they lay the ink, uh, you know. What, what do I look for? You know, condition is obviously important, but I bought that 1965 Topps Tallboy partial sheet from BST, you know, five, six years ago. Yep. It was, yep. you know, the bottom half was missing. It was, you know, it was frayed around the edges. It was in tough shape. But right there, top row, middle, Joe Namath. And this, I mean, does, yep. does it matter? I mean, it's the only partial sheet I've ever seen. So, I mean, it really doesn't matter what the condition is. There's, there's Broadway Joe. Uh, and all of his glory, and it's it's pretty damn cool. Uh, so I guess at some point it's like you know saying you know you're not really worried about what that you know that Pottsville Maroon postcard looks like. You, you're just happy to have a Pottsville Maroon card. It's rare, so you know it did up. You know if I have a, a sheet and another one comes up that's beat up, I might not take it down. You know I might not bid on it just because. I already have it, but you know I certainly won't shy away from a car from a sheet because it's uh, you know it, it you know it's got a water stain or it's got a tear in it or something. I'm just happy to be on the dance floor. I'm happy to have it. You know it's kind of cool. You know. Now, yeah. the second the second question I want to throw out to you at the same time, and you kind of answered it for me. Um, I I know you're not the type to to want to corner the market on uncut sheets so that anybody who wants another uncut sheet, they would have to go through you. And I'm being sarcastic when I say that, but (laughs) you, do you, do you, um, and I, you know, and again, just to throw it out as an example, do you prefer having, if you can find it and it's reasonably priced enough, and I'm talking about more common sheets that say this, that's from the seventies and eighties, 
are you more comfortable like having one sheet framed and then having a second one for a um, like a reference copy? Do you have you done that with any any of the sets? Well, you know it's funny, Bob. We we decided this was our topic. You know that I wanted to talk about it. I didn't know you were going to do kind of an interview format. So I, I this is fascinating. I didn't. Uh, I've never been asked about my collection. I just I love it. It's uh, so. This is this is you're making me think. I guess is what I'm saying. I, I didn't uh, I didn't know you were going to come locked and loaded with some questions. Do I duplicate? Uh, no, I, I I kind of hit a saturation level where I'm happy. And the example I would give would be 81 top three series an ABC, uh, and the C series right. has Joe Montana on it. Uh, right. Um, and I was collecting them onesies, twosies for a little while, and then also I found a guy who had them in their original their original uh, you know round tubes. So when you would buy them from Tops, you'd buy them as a set, and they would you could say which which sheet you wanted, and they'd send it to you in a tube. Well, he happened to have right. about fifteen, 15, you know, about five or six sets, uh, you know, rolled in tubes. And I was like, and so I went to buy one from him, and I'm like, how many more of these do you have? And he's like, you know, four or five. I'm like, I'll take them all. Um, so I ended up with five or six full sets, all in tubes, the original tubes that are stamped with tops. Uh, I opened okay. a couple to make sure uh, to make sure that they were in good shape and I was getting what I was, you know, being told. Uh, and then I put them away. So I, I probably wouldn't buy another 81 tops sheet, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of full up. Uh, I have a spreadsheet I keep that tells me what I've gotten, you know, uh, you know, just because, you know, they get expensive. If, you know, if, I, if I'm going to fight for, a, you know, a oh, 69 yeah, yeah, tops, yeah. Yeah, then I'm not going to bother if I already have it. Um, but, you know, so probably I'm pretty full up of 81. I probably wouldn't buy anymore, you know. Uh, it, it's because I, I yeah, I, I bought enough. Uh, 84 tops, I've got probably 10, you know. I don't know. I'll go through little hoarding phases, I guess, where I'm like, yeah, I'll buy that because it's inexpensive. But then uh, I, I, I hit a point where I have enough. But probably about, uh, you know, you know, two years ago when I moved into my new office, there, I, I've mentioned there was this concrete stairway that went down into the basement, and underneath the stairway was this door, and it was just, it, it was the perfect spot to hide stuff. It's concrete. Uh, it, it's a bunker. And uh, so in there, I built a shelf, a four-by-eight piece of plywood, and I have another, you know, heavy piece of MDF I have above it, and I keep all my sheets there. Because a lot of them, if they're rolled up in tubes to protect them, you know, they, they, they have memory for that. And so unrolling them, mm -hmm. they tend to, you know, you can, you can damage them. If you're unrolling it, you have to use your entire arm. Because if you try to unroll the corner and it's got memory to be rolled up, it'll tear. Uh, you know, it's old enough to right. tear. So I found that, you know, putting, you know, that piece of MDF on it protects it. And then putting a weight on the MDF keeps them from rolling. Uh, and, uh, it, it, you know, so I, I put about a dozen cards down, put the MDF on top of it, let it sit a month, and that's what how long it would take for them to lose their rolled memory. And I'd go down there and grab a dozen more and slide them under. And, and eventually I worked my way through all the tube sheets, and now I have a shelf in this thing that has 100-plus uncut sheets that are down there laying flat, and they're, they're nice. Uh, so, wow. you know, when, wow. I buy, when I buy sheets, I keep them in the tubes up in my office at about – once a month, once every two months, when I get about five or six, I go down there and untube them and slide them in there. Uh, 
and I, I you know, and I, I try to keep track. I'm sure my spreadsheet's a little off. I, I want to go take better pictures of them. I wouldn't mind having a spot with a camera, you know, three or four feet above it, you know, where I put it in a template. It's, but, man, it's uh, they're beautiful. They're little works of art. The, the 50 Bowman, you know, has four, uh, you know, you know, you know, four uh, series to it. Little works of art, man. They're just uh, they're 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 fascinating. It's it, and it, it it's fun. And I've mentioned this before. Can't fake it. You can't recreate it. You can't buy a a, a set exactly. of fifty Bowman cards and then glue them together and create a fake uncut sheet. It is probably the right. one thing in right. our hobby that can't be faked. Autographs, jerseys, shoes, helmets. Uh, you know, you can trim and color cards. You can. There's a lot of things you can do in our hobby that makes you shake your head. You know, the fake autographs is bothersome. You know, grabbing jerseys, cutting them up, uh, putting them in cards. Uncut sheet is. I've. You know, the, the more I get kicked in the crotch in this hobby by getting ripped off by buying a, you know, a card that's, you know, 48 leaf card that's been graded, but you know, you start digging in there, you're like, wait a minute, this is trimmed. This slips by the goalie. The more you know, the more you get disappointed in something. The more I, I really migrated to right. and went. It's the one thing in our on our hobby that can't be doctored, and there, there's something right. to that. It's pretty cool, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Now you're 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 obviously you're obviously as we've mentioned several times over the years, you're looking for a 35 national chickle sheet. <laughs> and series two. What if, is if they if they come in what is if they come in series? <laughs> who knows. What is your what is the oldest sheet you own, and what's the actual newest sheet you own? If there is interesting, um, I have a nineteen. My oldest would be nineteen forty eight Leaf Football Series right. A. Okay, uh, one through forty nine. Uh, but uh, it's not a uh, it's not a it's not a true uncut sheet. It's actually three pieces of two uncut sheets, and I know it's at least two because there's about five cards that overlap um, that are on, right. you know, that are on two, two of the pieces. So I know it, it's at least two sheets. Uh, and those three pieces came together and they had, and they, they represent 48 of the 49 cards, seven rows of seven. Okay. Uh, it, okay. it, when I, when I, when I overlap all of them uh, and I put it in a frame, I'm missing one. And I thought about buying that card and sliding it in there, but I actually like the missing tooth, I call it because it's on the top row. I actually like that little missing tooth, one card missing, because it reminds me that it's not a perfect uncut sheet. I'm just, but again, I'm happy to be on dance floor. I'm happy to, I'm happy to have even that partial uncut mm-hmm. sheet. I mean, you know, one of those, one of those pieces is, you know, is about 70% of the sheet. It's pretty big, but, you know, you, you know, I, I was talking to Blaisdell about this at the national is just, you know, Wins a lot, you know. He had, uh, you know, two forty-nine uh, leaf uncut sheets that he dug out of a dumpster, and uh, you know, and he's like, and you see a lot of little four-card panels, and he goes, most of those came from that. Uh, this is the mm-hmm. only bit of forty-eight leaf uncut I've ever seen, and uh, it's kind of cool. And the history of that is, I started collecting miscut cards, uh, you know, and you can see the adjacent card. And I started piecing together mm-hmm. how, how, a, how a sheet looked. And then 
I put it on a on a chat board, the old LTS board, and I had a couple people chime in. It's like, yeah, I was looking into this too. Well, check this out. And then, you know, Mike Thomas near Mint has that software where he can put it together, and he said, here's what it looked like. And we were like, I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. We accomplished that. And then about a week later, I got a call from uh, one of our, you know, collector friends, and he's like, you know, 48 leaf uncut sheet, three pieces just appeared on eBay. And he's like, I've never seen it. I'm like, neither did I. And I, I immediately went on eBay, saw it, hit the bin, hit the buy it now. Yeah. And I don't remember what I paid for it, nor do I care. It's the only one I've ever seen, and that was probably 13 years ago that I bought it. And uh, wow. Uh, my, my, wow. That's my oldest pieces, like I said. And after that, 50 Bowman and uh, 1950 okay. Bowman. I, I have all four series. Uh, I only had three of the four series for a long time, and then the fourth series came up in an auction about a year ago, and I was able to, to buy it, complete it. So I have the entire 50 Bowman in un, sat in uncut sheets, which is pretty cool. Wow. You know. Wow. Yeah. You're making me smile, Bob. I, I love this. I love thinking about this. It's kind of fun. All right, so then yeah. on the other on the other spectrum, what, what's the newest uh, sheet? You got 89 tops or anything from the 90s or – Eight, or 88. I think I only have like two or three of those. Uh, I don't even know. I, I don't even remember if it's three sheets uh, or four. But, yeah, I've got uh, 80, 88 tops. I have some 87. I have some 86, 85, 84, 83, 82, 81, 80, 79, 78, 77. Uh, all the 70. I have a 76 with Walter Payton on it. Uh Mm-hmm. The full set there. I, I, I mentioned in the you know in the pre-show. I just got the entire set of 1975 tops in an auction, in uncut sheet, mm-hmm. and uh, which was which is kind of cool. Uh, oddly enough, 74 tops is really common. There's a lot of 74 top sheets floating around out there. Don't know why. 73, 72 is really tough. I think I only have one sheet. Seventy-one. Well, 70, I only have 70, one sheet. Seventy-two. I can't see. Or correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a high series uncut sheet of seventy-two that exists? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, one sold in Heritage. In Heritage, about I, I forget. And sometimes I get them mixed up. Um, I'm, I'm not very good at record keeping, uh, as you know, Bob. So it's a uh, one came up about I, I want to say either six months or a year ago, and I can't remember which auction it was. And it went it went oh, really? pretty high price. Okay. It's kind of like three thousand uh, dollars. You know, it has the Rogers wow. you know the Rogers style back on it. Uh, and everyone's well, yeah. somebody wants a sheet better you know more than I do, and it's usually a a type collector. It's like you know I, I'm a huge Rogers wow. Staubach fan, and here's an uncut sheet with Roger on it, and I want it. You know that's. You know, I, I would imagine that yeah, somebody out yeah. there. Um, you know, but yeah. that would that would know. make more sense than it un- than people uh, collecting the uncut sheet of that. I never realized it came to auction. I missed that completely. Wow, I'm surprised. Yeah. Are there are there any, I, I would any other? Oh, un- well, are there are there any other uncut sheet collectors that you know of? Because I don't I don't know of anyone either. I honestly, I I you know, in all the years I've been in the hobby, Joe. You're you're the only one that I really know. I I don't know of anybody else uh, collects uncut sheets. I mean, I know a few guys that have 
you know, uh, a sheet or two here or there, or like you said back in the 80s when you could mail away and get the uh, complete, uh, you know, get a sheet yeah. via yeah. the mail. I know a couple yeah. of those guys, and it's 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 interesting. Back in the 80s, I never did that because I said, well, number one, where am I going to put it? And I would want to probably yeah. stick it on my wall back then, and that, that wouldn't make a lot of sense. So I never I never ordered it. So uh, very interesting. I don't know of anybody. Besides number one you, reason um, people don't collect. Number one reason people don't collect is exactly what you said. What the hell am I supposed to do with this? Where do I store it? Uh, and right. uh, for years, I, I kept them in tubes and kept them, you know, in my basement. Uh, and then when we when we moved, I, you know, put them, you know, you know, moved them to this other spot. And then I was like, you know what, I got to start, you know, enjoying my collection. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and so yeah, but most people are like, what am I? How do I store them? I, you know, do I frame them? And they take up so much wall space. And I've just embraced right. it in my right. office. I, I've I've shown you pictures. I have about a dozen sheets hang in my office and i i love them they're they're a conversation starter etc but yeah i've never bumped into somebody yep. who likes sheets either it, it's kind of a novelty just because it they do take up so much room they're hard to store they're hard to hard to dedicate the wall space they're you know yeah they're tough well and maybe that's well, they, maybe that's good maybe that's th- my benefit and also think about this all the nationals uh we've been to and i've probably been to a few more than you've been I rarely see uncut sheets at a national. You know, I, I've literally seen more uncut sheets at local shows over the years than I did at the national, if that's possible. So, you know, it is rare, and uh, they're really not out there. So, uh, to me, you got to... Bobby, there, you kind of broke up a little bit. Sorry. That's, say that again. I'm sorry. Oh, you kind of bro- you broke up there. I apologize. I wasn't sure if that was me or you. I'm, I'm... The um, the to me, to, you know, to me, I just see it as being it's rare. It's hidden somewhere. It'll come out at some point. And again, it's either going to be a partial sheet or you know, a three four card panel, something like that, will come out. Yeah. And you can, can call your collection complete at some point. With but anyways, um, it's it's truly truly uh, an amazing an amazing collection. Something to really think about. Something to really view as far as the the uh, whole view of how we collect, what we collect. And again, I go yeah. back to my collection. I collected wrappers. I collected display boxes for years. I sold off both collections, and maybe I sold them. But whatever, I did what I had to do with them, and that was it. I was done with them. You know what I mean? And uh, I I look at 89 being a a turning point, and I'd be interested to find out, you know, just for a sake of conversation, how many ProSet sheets are still in the market wherever? Uncut sheets. Are they they available? Where are they? Did they get thrown out? Does anybody have any? You know, that type of thing. Same thing with 89 score. You know, is is there uncut sheets of them out there? I'm sure there are. Wherever they are, they're they're not widely advertised one way or the other. So it's truly uh, truly amazing to say the least. So, but again, storage issues and uh, the cost of them, so on and so forth. Oh it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's truly, 
a huge undertaking for any collector. One yeah. Way or the other. I'm pot committed um, now. And as you mentioned, there was a 33 Sports King uh, uncut sheet that came up about two years ago. Jim Thorpe, yeah. Red Grange, right on. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. perfect cross-section between baseball, football, every other sport. Because, I mean, there's swimmers, there's golfers right. on that sheet. And I was like, okay, this is a beautiful sheet. Never seen one, but perfect football. It'd be, it'd be like if the 1926, you, you know, uh, you, you know, the uh, you know, sports champion came up again. It, it's like, yeah, there's football, there's football, baseball, et cetera. But, yeah, I mean, very important footballers on there. Uh, and I've been on it. Been on, I mean, it, I think I went up to $30,000 on it, and it ended up going for about sixty-five. So, yeah, yeah. You know, who knows? But, I mean, obviously, you know, in the conflux of baseball and football, baseball is much more expensive. And uh, that was a prime right. example of this football guy getting his, his, you know, pee-pee, you know, slapped in the dirt, you know, by some baseball guy who wanted that that sports king, you know, sh- you know sheet better than I did. So, oh. Yeah. But and again, who it, knows? You know, look at, bas- look at basketball cards, look at hockey cards. I, I wonder if there are yeah. any uncut sheet collectors in those sports. I know baseball, I'm sure there's there are several uncut sheet collectors in baseball. However, does anybody collect hockey uncut sheets, except for maybe a few people in Canada? Basketball, the same thing. Who, who collects it, if anybody? So it's, uh, it's, it's really an amazing story to, to think about how few and far between uh, yeah. collectors are. And in your, your case in football, with the exception of maybe, like you said, a Starback collector getting that third, third series sheet because he, ha- yeah. he needed to have it for his collection. It, they, you know, you are you are it. That's it. As far as I'm concerned, you're the kind of cool. You're the market. Kind of cool too. Joe Squire such a niche. <laughs> Maybe one of these days I need to play them all and kind of put them in chronological order in a room, something like that. That'd be kind of cool. Well, you should you should uh, create like a um, a warehouse museum with all the sheets hanging there, type of to do like a virtual one, huh. and. Uh, do a website on them or whatever. But I always found it fascinating, and I always, uh, to me, appreciated what you, what you collected, what you did with it, because it's uh, it's an amazing collection, really amazing collection. Yeah. And again, I was I've been very limited in it, and like I said, it was the 1960 flare strips that I had, and uh, yeah. I still I still remember to this day. Um, again, to date myself, back in the. Uh, probably 10 years ago, I did a show in Hartford at the Civic Center, and it was called Paper Mania. It was a paper show. And um, you, you, I was a uh, obviously a sports publication uh, dealer in the show, and I had mainly football publications, but I, I remember bringing like two or three of the strips there. And I couldn't believe the first day I set up, I had so many people interested, and it wasn't even funny. So when I went home that night, because uh, I, I was about a half hour right back to the house in Wallingford, I took another two or three. I sold them right away, and I said to myself, "I wonder if I'm really onto something here. You know that these strips are really that you know that much in demand and that worth that much because I did I did obviously make money out of them over the years when I bought them since when I bought them, but I was always fascinated with that and. Uh, 
I think it was just more of a conversation piece for some of the dealers and some of the, the people that were there that they wanted to get it, so on and so forth. All right, we're uh, we're winding down the show. If you're not a subscriber to Gridiron Greats Magazine, what are you waiting for? Check out our website, gridirongreatsmagazine.com. I also got a quick announcement. There are no more complete sets, back issues of Gridiron Greats. At this time, uh, several of the earlier issues that I printed are completely out. And uh, when I get reset up in the new compound, I will be... Uh, figuring out what to do there. I'll probably go back on press and reprint a few of them for those people who need the uh, early issues. They're all in the 20s uh, that we printed way back when, and uh, we're out of them at this time, so hopefully we'll be back on track with them at the uh, toward the end of the year. If you're not a subscriber, check out our website, gridirongreatsmagazine.com. Joe, final uh, comments, not on the show, but on, on Uncut Sheets. Yeah. Besides being, I, I, besides finding that 35 national chickle, what else can you say? Uh, my fear would be it's such a rare thing. Somebody wants it more than me. I mean, it, you know, at some point I, I got to hit my wife up for some of these things I collect. Uh, just, uh, you know, I, I appreciate it. You know, and it's it's funny. I used to kind of keep this stuff to myself. You know, and at some point you're like, well, I'm afraid if I tell people I collect it that they might scarf it up or you know like that but it's it's been the opposite which is often the way it is in this hobby you tell someone i collect uncut sheets and I've, i i gotta tell you you know every time an auction comes out you know i have i have dozens of private messages text messages from people saying hey yeah. did you see that seven seven uncut sheet on ebay half the time i missed yeah. it and i'm so appreciative of people you know you know if, if you build it they will come if you tell people what you collect your friends in the hobby will point things out to you, and half the time it's stuff that I missed. And I am so grateful for the people who pointed stuff out to me. It's pretty cool. It's, uh, it always makes me smile, and I always say thank you. So uh, keep it up, everybody listening. If you see an uncut sheet, man, private message, text me, and uh, let me know. And if you come across somebody who has that 35 chickle uncut sheet, I will personally fly you to the National and thank you. There you heard it first on the podcast. Joe and his quest for the 35 National Chicker Sheet. All right, we got about five five minutes left with the show. One one quick um, mention: um, Have auctions burnt themselves out? You had mentioned in a prior email some auctions coming up, and doesn't look like there's anything really of notoriety. What's going on? Yeah. And you know me, I'm an auction whore. I, I love me a good auction, and I, I get excited on auction day. I just uh, Every auction that opens is another thing that, you know, you know, for, you know, for me to possibly collect. And uh, it just seems like right now there's this barren wasteland, this, you know, this uh, Sahara Desert of auctions. REA, you know, used to do once a year, and then they switched to twice a year, and now they're uh, – you know, now they're doing their, you know, mid-range stuff, you know, every month or something like that. It seems kind of diluted. You know, Leland's has their mid-big auction that goes on, kind of diluted. Heritage has something that's popping off here pretty quick. But, you know, it seems like they're doing a, a football auction every, you know, there's constantly stuff on there. And I don't know, it just 
seems like everybody's rushing to have more and more auctions, and it seems like stuff is getting diluted. Uh, I mentioned, you know, you know, what is it? Memory Lane is, you know, uh, coming up here. It opens in a week or so, and they've always got some good stuff. And it's, just, it's like it's like Christmas. If you ask for a Red Ryder BB gun, and you run down there on Christmas Day, and you open up all your stuff, and there's no Red Ryder BB gun. It's the same way. I really look forward to an auction opening. And I, you know, jump on there. The more it opens, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Hopefully there's some good stuff. And when I blow through there, and it's like, oh, a, a PSA 5 Jim Brown rookie card. Oh, that, that's eBay-esque, I call it. It's just always kind of a letdown. It's always like, uh, so hopefully we have some auctions opening up some big stuff. You know, REA's mid, you know, auction, you know, low-grade auction ends here pretty quick. And hopefully they're saving up some good stuff because, Man, I just I love me a good auction, and I, I admit it. It's like you know, it's like saying you love new kids on the block. You know, you don't want to you don't want to say that in too many crowds. But man, I love me a good auction. So we shall yep. see. Hopefully, yep. I hear you. Bob. You know, it was, it was yeah. funny. Just a real quick story when I was packing everything up, and and again, you're looking at years upon years of accumulation. Uh-huh. The last move we had was basically down one mile from the house where we bought, and. I, I was fortunate. A buddy of mine stored a lot of the stuff at his house, and we just brought it back to the new house, so it wasn't so bad. But this one, realizing that everything's by weight, i got to get rid of stuff. I, I gave a good friend of mine back in Connecticut a lot of my publications. One bunch of publications I did not get rid of were my BST auction catalogs, believe it or not. Yeah. Because I really yeah. believe um, all the stuff that they auction in a very limited time as far as football was concerned, was really a lot of it was uh, once-in-a-lifetime stuff that came to the market. And I Good needed those totally. catalogs, I, I, you know, as far as reference, so on and so forth. I didn't want to give them up. Simple. And um, a good auction catalog, which everything is pretty much online now, is becoming yep. more and more rare to look at and view. And it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame. But it is what it is. I'm, I'm the same. So. I'm the same. I, I save the good auction catalogs for the rest I chuck. If there's yep. something in there that's really cool. And, uh, the, yeah, the one BST auction I saved was when they auctioned off my uh, my Mayo set. I, I just love that. They were, yep. they, they were yep. so good. Such a good auction out. You should bring, yep. you should bring Spano yep. on, the, on the show. I miss that. I miss that. Yep. miss that guy's grizzled old deep voice. <laughs> yeah, I believe. I hear you. I hear you. All right, we're almost, almost out of time. Joe, our one-minute wrap-up. I'm handing off to you. Final thoughts. Great, great show. I, 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 I you made me smile, Bob. Thank you very much. I, I really like talking about sheets, and I, I didn't know we were going, you know, Q and A form out there. So that that was a pleasant surprise. So uh, sheets are sheets are, are are cool. I love collecting them, and yeah, it was just it was cool to talk about it. Great topic. Good show today. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we talked about it. I think I think it really needed to be uh, discussed, and uh, it, you know, and again, it's such a unique part of the hobby, and it's uh, it's well overlooked and, and very misunderstood in a lot of ways. All right, we're almost out of yeah. time. Thanks for listening. We're going to be back next week uh, with another show. I got a few guests lined up. We're just trying to work out our time time uh, times so that they can be on. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week.
Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.